Hello, and welcome back to Miss Misfits and <laughs> I'm going to mess that up every time. Welcome well, you don't to- have to. I don't uh, know. Are we supposed to say that? Are we together? I don't know. Welcome to Misfits and Tidbits. Um, one thing I think uh, I wanted to mention, and this is supposed to be behind the scenes, but just now starting this, I forgot to mention it to you, so we're going to mention it anyway. Um, when we introduce ourselves, it's very hard to time the animation of our title cards. Got because it, so it's, we should, it's we it's should like, hesitate for a yeah. second on each other. Or like, there has to be some sort of reason why you're talking first, and then I'm talking, because every time I'm like, they're both like this close to each other, and I'm like, I can't put them at the same time. But anyway, um, make one single title. Just one. Just make make another I one. Could. That's like a- I could just do that. That's smart. I didn't think of it. <laughs> I'm stupid. Here's yeah, our here's add- our new singular host title. I don't. I mean, I should know where it is. It's somewhere. It's, it's like sh- sh- here. Somewhere right? in there. Anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, this is our this is our new podcast. Uh, podcast graphics. Uh, incorporated. That. That's our new. That's this, our new podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Podcast graphics incorporated. <laughs> well, I thought you were watching something else, but this is what you're watching now. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's just go over briefly what we're doing here. Perfect. So, uh, just to give you, you know, just to just to take this note, I'm Junie, and I every week research something totally random, very in depth, ideally. And uh, relay that to you and Ethan to get you educated about that very specific thing. Um, We both understand that the American public education system has failed us deeply. And we would like to fix that, at least in ourselves. So this is our attempt at doing so. And we'd like to take you along for that ride. Yeah. And um, I'm the dum-dum listening that probably doesn't know a lot about what we're going to be talking about. And um, I never know what the topic is for the week, so I'm anxious to hear what this week's topic is. Tell me. Tell me now. I'm not going to tell you now. What? Nope. What do you mean? We're, we're leading into it. I have a story to tell you this week. Like a cold opening? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Oh, no. I guess I'm going to have to tell you because my... <laughs> <laughs> It's in the first sentence of your notes. My sources have it in the... I'll just... Put your sources at the end. Okay. Let me... Let me, let me fix this. That works against my own interest because I really want to know what it is, but it's okay. All right. We'll work on that. And I know I stare. I We just talked about this prior to recording. I do look at your screen a lot, but um, I'm usually just staring into space and that's just... That's your focal it's, point. It's a screen, so it's like my my attention is drawn there to look at it. Um, but what about this beautiful unbranded microphone? I think it actually is branded. It is branded on the back. What about this beautiful blue <laughs> microphone? <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, from this angle, I literally can't read a goddamn thing. Um, so you also have very poor eyesight, so it works in my favor. At I least have for put this my glasses on. You have not gotten your prescription updated in years. A year. Maybe two. At least two. One and a half. No. One and three quarters. I'm not having this fight with you right now. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I can't. Whatever. Yeah, I can't see. So um, if that makes you feel any better. I or retain can't. information. I also can't retain information. That's mostly because I'm drunk all the time. Kind of all the time. When we're doing this, for sure. 
Ready? Yeah, I'm totally ready. <laughs> take take it away. As with every episode at the top, I would like to put the disclaimer that I did as much research as I could on this topic to get what we wanted out of it. If there's anything that I missed that you think is super pertinent to the topic itself or um, anything that I got profoundly wrong, please feel free to email us at hello at mntpodcast.com. And we will we'll try and resolve anything that I got wrong in the following episode. But, you know, this one was super fun and, and I think I got it all. Um, so let's dive in. Okay. After World War II, the U.S. government was engaged in secret programs and medical experiments designed to win the Cold War, which in case you didn't know what the Cold War was, because as I stated earlier, the public education system in America is absolutely broken and I didn't know what the Cold War was. <laughs> Call of Duty has filled that gap for me recently. (laughs) Good for you. It is the open yet restricted rivalry that developed after World War II between the United States and the Soviet Union and their respective allies. On either side. Yeah. One of the experiments was for a human-made chemical warfare agent called Sarin. I think it's Sarin. It's S-A-R-I-N. But I did watch a video on this. It's not Sarin. It's definitely Sarin. Sarin. Sarin? Yeah. Serendipity. <laughs> um, so the way that they tested this was um, Air, Force, Air Force men were given a like sheet that said, like, we're calling for volunteers to test a cure for the common cold. So the... In the video that I watched, the person, like one of the people who was actually involved in this experiment was saying that like, yeah, like we saw like a basically like a sign up sheet and we were like, you know, I have nothing better to do. So like, sure, like let's, let's do it. But it was actually, um, a test for sarin. So they were given sarin and the way that it was administered was they walked into a room with gas masks on and it was Like, I think in the example, it was like five of them. They walked into a room, sat down around a table with gas masks on. And then they were each, they each had a cloth draped over their arm. And then there were 20 drops of sarin in like 10 in each row. So they did two rows of 10, 20 drops of sarin on their arm. And what ended up happening was it would seep through the cloth and then get onto their skin. And then sarin would be absorbed through the skin. And the man that was reporting the like side effects and like what his experience was with it was extreme claustrophobia and just like he was like going to die. And it was a horrible experience to go through. And then he said that they were all released and he said that he walked out into the sunshine and was so grateful to be alive. It was a beautiful day to be alive. That is That was like the experiment. That's very wild. So it later came out that that specific experiment was meant to determine the lethal dose of sarin. Yeah. Without telling anybody, (laughs) they, they, you know, they, yeah. They were just like, how much of this will kill a person? Yeah. Because, well, okay. My thought is because this is supposed to be used as And none of them died, at least in his. Yes. Yeah. In his testing pod, none of them died. But that isn't. To say that there wasn't a pod where they're like, okay, we found out how... Right, 20 didn't do it. Let's try 30. And then, you know, continue the experiments. But they did know that, like, Saren was going to be an agent for warfare. So... Did they know that it it was lethal at all? Or are they just testing they, to see yeah, if they did. They knew it like was lethal. Like, biochemically, it had to have been lethal at some point. And they knew that it was going to, like, fuck people up. So they had to just kind of see, like, how and, and do tests with that. Yeah. 
So um, in March 1994, um, a Polish laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You're, uh, what? It's not a spoonerism. What is it called when you basically put two back-to-back words together? Like you portmanteau them. Is there a word for that? I don't know. A spoonerism is where you flip the the front of them. You flip the front of them? Yeah. So instead of laboratory technician, I would say tabatory technician. Oh, what's a race car? That's a palindrome. Very different thing. (laughs) Sounds like what you're describing, so I don't know. No. Um, no, so... <laughs> I know what a race car is. The word race car is a whatever you said. Palindromy. Palindromy. Palindrome. Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the answer to your other question was. Well, if anybody knows what it's called when your brain actually accidentally messes up and then puts two words together, that's what, that's what just might have happened in my brain. And my mouth. <laughs> Laboratory. Laboratory. <laughs> Laboratory technician. <laughs> so in March 1945, a Polish laboratory technician found pieces of the Ossenberg list stuffed in a toilet and uh, had it transmitted to U.S. intelligence. You might be asking yourself, what the hell is the Ossenberg list? I was asking myself that, but I, I thought in my brain that it was just something I, I didn't no, about listen. you're just like... Well, I thought it was something I didn't listen to. Like, you might have already said that. And oh. I was like, oh, yeah, that thing that you talked about moments ago, probably, and I just didn't retain that part. But yeah, what is that? So, uh, Werner Ossenberg was an engineer slash scientist. It what didn't actually say engineer slash scientist, but I put it that way to make it more understandable for me. But it said engineer scientist, <laughs> which I didn't know was a thing, which, like, you know, aren't engineer scientists in here? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. He's an engineerist. So Werner Ossenberg was an engineer scientist and was head of the, no, tell me. Oh God, I can't read that. Yeah, you can't go for it. We're for Shungemine Shaft. Yep, that's perfect. Did I nail it? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, if I had to guess, it was Werfersungemein Shaft. Mine. No, it's definitely mine. Like Exactly what he said. Yeah, no, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, so yeah. Um, which is the Defense Research Association. Um, so he was the head of that. And he made a list of politically cleared men to get back to scientific work after World War II. So people that Got were it. like not really affiliated with, affiliated with the Nazi party. Yeah. Um, not them war criminals. They're like, y'all are good. Yeah. So after this um, list was found and transmitted to U.S. intelligence, U.S. Army Major Robert B. Staver used the Ossenberg list to compile his list of German scientists to be captured and interrogated. So, you might be asking, why would they be doing that? In 1945 to 1959, we happen upon Operation Paperclip. Um, it was started by the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, or JIOA, and its purpose was to gain U.S. military advantage in the Soviet-American Cold War and the space race. So, what they were doing was they were taking... German scientists that they knew were politically cleared and they were going to bring them to the United States and interrogate them to like get them on their side or whatever and have them work for them. Got it. So more than 1600 German scientists, engineers and technicians were brought over and interrogated. Um, and how did they bring them over. <clears throat> that's a good question. I don't even know how they would have found them at that point. You know, like they didn't like 
capture them and bring them over. They had to have been like, you know, on a free trip to New York City. I also don't think they, yeah, I like, and, and at this point, like the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, like Germany was, was not hostile at that point. So yeah. they weren't an enemy. So I think that they could have just gone over and just like, been like, cool, well, we need all of these people and we're going to bring them back with us. And like, yeah. but yeah, that's like a, I, I don't know. I think it's irrelevant, but just curiously, <laughs> like what is the process of being like, we're going to go to Germany and bring all of these people back. Cause we want to like talk to them. Yeah. And, and ideally use them for our benefit yeah. and as a leg up in the cold war. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Harriet, Harry Truman prohibited Nazis. <laughs> Harriet, Tru- Harriet Truman. Harriet Truman. Harry Truman prohibited Nazis and Nazi supporters from being in the group of, um, scientists that were brought over. And like I said, with the Ossenberg list, it was politically cleared people. However, that wasn't the entire list of Germans, which they recruited to actually perform this mission, this operation. So Germans got around the like anti-Nazi protocol, you know, instituted by Harry Truman by hiding evidence for possible war crimes. So many of the Germans brought over were former members or leaders of the Nazi party. Sick. So the way that they hid them was they did so with the government altering or destroying evidence of Nazi affiliation in their documentation. And there was a quote that said the only evidence of their Nazi past was in the form of the paperclip they had attached to their original files to those being whitewashed. So that's why it was called Operation Paperclip. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Them Nazis know how to infiltrate organizations. Yeah. So... Like, uh, you know, the police. So. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) The CIA thought that the Soviet Union had developed mind control programs and wanted to know how American spies would do if those mind control methods were used against them. Mm -hmm. Um, It was alleged that there was use of mind control techniques techniques on U.S. prisoners of war during the Korean War by Soviet, Chinese, and North Koreans. So that's why they thought that the Soviets had developed mind control. So that brings us to our topic today, Operation MKUltra. Ooh, that's a good one. I I wasn't sure that's where it was heading. It's pretty clear, but yeah. I mean, I know it's like, it's clear, but there are so many like secret projects that have to do with testing bunch of weird like there's so much that like it could have gone in a few different directions but you know in in the back of my head i was like i hope i hope that's where we're going all right i'm going to show you a photo show it to me so here y'all go here's the photo it's just a document basically discussing mk that is a document yes do i need to read it at all no and y'all are welcome to it's just the document that's in the wikipedia article Mm. but um as you'll learn uh most of the evidence of mk ultra was destroyed so this is one of the few documents that was preserved got it so mk ultra is made up of the digraph mk which is just exactly what it sounds like it's just die to graph and i don't know exactly what graph means but m or two letters so mk 
I could, I did, I Googled the shit out of this. I could not figure out what MK stood for. So is it that it just doesn't stand for something? Or was it that like that part has been erased? Either. I'm not sure. I don't know the answer for that. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my thought was the like the goal of this was to find the Manchurian candidate. But obviously candidate starts with a C, but like that's what it felt like MK stood for. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's it's made up of the diagraph MK and the word ultra, which had previously been used for the most secret classification of World War II intelligence. So that was already like a standard. Well, not necessarily, but they just took it from that. MK super secret. Yes. It was headed by Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, and it began under the um, direction of CIA Director Alan Doles on April 13th, 1953. And you can see Gottlieb and Doles here. Hello? So this is... What's this person's name? Sidney Gottlieb. Gottlieb. This is him. Looks like a white guy. And this is Doles. Two white guys. White guy with a pipe. (laughs) White guy and white guy with a pipe. That's how you can differentiate them. That's how I imagine all the the, the two people behind any secret experiment. Mm -hmm. One white guy and a white guy with a pipe. Middle-aged white men, to be very specific. Yeah. Um, So, MKUltra was a program conducted by the CIA in secret from 1953 to 1973. What was that? 1953 to 1973, and it costed an estimated $10 million or more, which is, as I knew you would ask, $87.5 million today. I was going to ask that. Which seems super low. Considering, like, yeah, the military budget and all that stuff. And it's a CIA budget, so they just, like... Yeah. And it's also, like, the whole idea of like the I don't know. no I don't think that's right motorcycle um the like the whole idea of like the dark money thing where it's like there's also money that's not on the budget that goes to like things but like, considering that's not that much money yeah. it's a lot of money yeah also it was backed by like universities and stuff because they didn't really know what was going on yeah so i don't know if that is calculated in hmm. this or if that was just like the government budget that oh, was Jesus. reported to have been put yeah. into mk ultra got it and that was over <clears throat> 20 years 53, uh, 53 to 70? 73 yeah. yeah okay yep so it bypassed the Nuremberg Code, which prohibited the experimentation on animals without their, not animals, humans, <laughs> we're animals, but like humans specifically without their consent. So like humans could technically be experimented on, but they had to give their prior uh, consent. So, you like, know, like, like maniac. I was just going to say that like a maniac situation. It's a good uh, show. Very good show. Uh, it experimented with the use of, quote, biological and chemical materials in altering human behavior, unquote. It was in, it was in pursuit of uh, finding the Manchurian candidate, which if you don't know what that is, because I didn't know what that was before I did this research, it's a person, especially a politician, being used as a puppet by em- <laughs> enemy power. I don't know why I can't talk today. It's a movie. Yes, it also is a movie. It's a good movie. 
I've never seen it. And uh, in um, Captain America Civil War, Iron Man calls um, Bucky that, which is very funny. Which, I have, my next bullet actually has to do with this, I'm pretty has sure. Has to do with Marvel? No. Oh. And Damn, got really excited. I feel like we're going to mention Marvel in every episode, and it's going to be my goal to- We haven't to thus far. We mentioned it like have three we? times in our last episode. <laughs> I just listened to those. Anyway. I don't think we did. So, in addition, they also experimented with creating post-hypnotic triggers, which would activate, quote, sleeper agents when they were in a state of ignorance about their assignments. So, that meant that they would, like, embed, um, like, skills and missions in the brains of people who were unaware that that was happening to them. Yeah. And And they'd be triggered by a certain... Phrase or whatever. Um, which actually that did not happen. That was not true. That never was successful. Um, so this mostly just became a fictional and sci-fi trope. But it's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I, I agree. It makes things fun. And like, you know, you definitely think that like human brains are malleable enough for that to happen. So like uh, American Ultra. Exactly. It's a very good movie. Yeah. It's fun. I like all the gorilla drawings. The gorilla, right? Ape? Yeah. Like whatever he is. The the um, comic? His little comic. Yeah. It's cute as heck. I'm going to have to find a different picture because the one, the link I just used didn't work. But this is our dear friend, author Stephen Kinzer. Mm-hmm. So um, he said the CIA project was, quote, a continuation of the work begun in World War II era Japanese facilities and Nazi concentration camps on subduing and controlling human minds, unquote. So what he's saying is that it already had started during World War II and he was, this was a continuation of that, which is why they tapped into. But it was, yeah, but it was stuff that was happening in like the most, like the extremist parts of the war. Yeah. And like the most fucked up parts of the war. We were now adopting those uh, processes, whatever. Um, So he cites the CIA's secret recruitment, recruitment of Nazi torturers and vivisectionists. So he like was saying that like we it was clear that we were bringing Nazis over to work from like for Operation Paperclip to work with us in the United States. So it was, you know, pretty easy to see that it was going to be a continuation of those malpractices. Yeah. Um, And in case you don't know what a vivisection is, it's a catch all for term for experimental surgery. Oh, my God. Don't know why I can't talk today. It is a catch-all term for experimental surgery conducted on living animals. Got it. Sorry, the half a beer you had. I know. It's, yeah, gone straight to my head. Um, The CIA created secret detention centers so so that the United States could avoid criminal prosecution. Um, what was that? Can you say that again? Sorry. <laughs> the CIA created secret detention centers so that the United States could avoid criminal prosecution. Got it. It's very Which, United States of us to do. Yeah, big ice vibes. Yeah. Um. So they took people suspected of being agents of the enemy or other people deemed expendable. And they put them under various types of torture and experimentation. They interrogated them while being administered psychoactive drugs. They were electroshocked and they subjected them to the extremes of temperature, sensory isolation, and the like. This 
was um, with the aim to gain a better understanding of what it takes to destroy and control the human mind. So they were putting them in all these extreme situations and, yes, effectively torturing them. I understand in the interest of science, you want to learn everything you can learn, but like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just, they were just plucking people off the street and putting them in these detention centers. So the goal was to cause an individual to become subservient to an imposed control where he is told to do something against his will, does it, and then has no memory of doing it. So that means they are completely brainwashed, told to do something that they would never do otherwise, or that, you know, it wasn't on their own volition to do, and they would just like mechanically do it, not by choice do it. Yeah. And then after it's done, they would have no recollection that they did it. A boy can dream. Not like I want, I just, I'm, I'm saying America is the boy. The boy is dreaming that they could do this, you know, achieve this. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's very horrible. So um, with that, the but, CIA, whoops, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, but that's, is that something that is not successful ever? That was never successful? Is that part of it? That's, or is that, that's the whole thing. That's NKUltra. I know that's the whole idea. So you're about to find out. Okay, cool. I was, <laughs> I was trying to make it clear because you said earlier like there was the you. Yeah, just the sleeper agents was, was definitely Definitely successful. said that yeah. that wasn't definitively said. That wasn't something that was successful, but I was yeah. wondering if that was okay. Yeah. Continue. So. With that, the CIA needed to figure out how to induce amnesia and program in new behavior. So, like, make the patient be in a state of, like, complete lack of, like, awareness. Mm -hmm. And then in that state, be able to tell them what to do. And then after they've done it, then if they come out of their state of amnesia, they'll have no recollection that they did it. Okay. And they'll be more susceptible to agreeing to, you know, do it, whatever. Um, so our good old boy, Stephen Kinzer, who's the author that I said, stated mm-hmm. the stuff about it being um, very similar to Nazi practices, said, quote, Gottlieb wanted to create a way to seize control of people's minds. He realized it was a two part process. First, you had to blast away the existing mind. Second, you had to find a way to insert a new mind into that resulting void. So that is what the induce amnesia program in new behaviors part was. So take the brain out, put new shit in. And that shit has to be like the stuff that we can use to our advantage. Gottlieb thought that the way to achieve the first part, which is removing the brain, basically the mind, blasting away the mind, was uh, to give people LSD. So in 1953, um, the project began administering LSD to its testing subjects. It was typically given to, quote, people who could not fight back, um, which is what one agent said, sex workers, prisoners, and people with terminal illness. So that is what, like, in the top of that, when I said um, people, like, expendables, that is, those are the type of people that they meant. It's messed up. Yeah. I don't like that. So uh, I think it's about time for a commercial break. When we come back, I'll tell you uh, all about the LSD escapades of MKUltra. Fun. I honestly, um, I'm going to go take a little LSD while we're on a break. And I don't then, think uh, you should. I probably shouldn't. Mm-mm. I'm going to do it anyway. We don't have any. I didn't, I didn't bring that to this party. That you know of. You also know that we don't have any. <laughs> we don't have any. We'll see you in a second. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. Uh, Where did we leave off? So we're, we were, we're leaving talk off. about LSD, right? Yes. Let's talk about it. So, um, just as a reminder to us, not to, to y'all, because you just saw it two seconds ago. We just took like a 20 minute break just <laughs> talking about nonsense. Um, so it was typically given to people who could not fight back, is what one agent said. So this included sex workers, prisoners, and people with terminal illnesses, also like mental patients, etc. Yes. Um, in one case, they administered, okay, I'm going to, this is my disclaimer for this one. I Googled this until it was blue in the face and I could not find the answer other than articles upon articles stating that this happened. No follow up, no result, no anything. I was so upset. This but is getting very exciting. I in one case, they administered LSD to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 consecutive days. Didn't say whether he died. Didn't say. <laughs> There's no result to it. Nothing. Just like that, it was like a. It's, moving it's, on. Yeah, exactly. It's a big factor, whatever. But it's not. There was no resulting information. Did he sleep? No information. That it was that line, and that's it. And if you Google it, article after article say that. So like, I just kept like looking up like. I looked up MK Ultra LSD 174 days and just saw every article that it was in, fucking one one after the other, and no follow-up information. Okay. So, yeah. So that was wild. That sounds like a uh, exhausting <clears throat> ride. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, he didn't have a say, so it was just... They were just doing experiments. That can't be good for you. Um, but in addition to giving it to like all of these people that they deemed, you know, like lower class or whatever. Disposable. It was, it was also given to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, other government agents, and members of the general public to study their reactions. Ooh, I think I heard about this. Like one of them, one of the agents was, are you going to go into it? He was given to like a, like a, a, a dinner or like, or something. Maybe. I don't know. So you'll probably go, it'll refresh my memory. I don't, I retain little to no information about the things I hear, but I remember there was a story of a CIA agent who like ended up killing himself or something. Yeah. I do talk about that. So, um, with all of these experiments, um, long-term debilitation was a consequence. And then there was one reported death. Um, sometimes it was given out voluntarily, but, um, in those cases, they would make the experiments more extreme. So in one case, seven volunteers in Kentucky were given LSD for 77 consecutive days. Another experiment, which I could not find any follow-up information on. Well, I mean, like you said, like maybe a lot of the information was destroyed. Destroyed. So like we just don't have the other information on that part. Right. So Gottlieb thought that the drug could be used as a weapon to affect the course of important meetings, speeches, etc., of high-ranking officials. So he was like, if we can just like say that we dose the president, he would, you know, start tripping during a speech or whatever and would really fuck up the yeah. whatever, the speech. <laughs> so he was saying that like that was what he was also trying to prove was like, even if this doesn't work for mind control, we can still use it as warfare. Um, but it didn't end up being used for that purpose at all. Uh, but <laughs> you keep knocking on the desk. Um, <laughs> I feel like the mic's going to pick that up. And yeah. Um, so many CIA operatives and military personnel began getting frequently and randomly drugged without their consent. So that is another thing about this. They would dose people without telling them. They would just fucking. Yeah. 
So um, in one case, a CIA operative ran across D.C. thinking that there was a monster in every car that he passed. And then in another case, the case of Frank Olson, he was an army chemist and he was dosed um, in his morning coffee. And then um, I knew it was coffee. I was going to say it was coffee and it was coffee. Yeah. And then uh, he fell from the 13th floor of a New York City hotel to his death nine days later. So it's expected or suspected that he had a very low low after he had a very high high from LSD and he got like super depressed and killed himself. Mm-hmm. He was mighty. But it was not reported like by his family or anything that that was the case. And even more mysteriously, the window was too small for him to get through by himself, which that specific detail I don't really understand. Like how could he not get through it by himself but someone else could Get him through it. Oh, I guess the details, like, he had to have been on the roof or something. But he still could have committed suicide on the roof. Either way. Yeah. Um. So that's one detail. And then um, the body was actually exhumed by his son because his son expected um, foul play. And it was found that he was bludgeoned in the head before he was pushed or fell. That checks out. And they yeah. never found out why. But after a prolonged uh, legal proceeding... After prolonged legal proceedings, Olson's family was awarded a settlement of $750,000. Yeah, I did hear about that one. Yeah. Some, it's, I don't know where. I consume so much. It's a big... I just don't. It, honestly, it's like, if you know about MK Ultra, this is probably one of the things that you know about this. Because it was the only reported death that happened in the entire project it was and he was part of the agency Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a it's a bigger thing he wasn't in cia but he was a a military chemist but yeah oh he i I thought he was part of the well anyway he was a he was somewhat in the same yeah i mean he he had to have been in the group of people that were being experimented on which means yeah. he was a high-ranking official that was yeah being susceptible to so what, he wasn't was in, he wasn't in like a group he was unknowingly no sorry yeah not a group not saying he was in a test he group was, he yeah. was just among the people who yeah so he had to be had, yeah. a high-ranking yeah. person mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i remember learning about that one and that one was pretty messed up it's devastating like yeah. hearing all the details and like about the death and then the way they spun it and then his family being like not really no like that's not mm-hmm. and they it was yeah, so they unexpected and mm-hmm. like just like a weird thing and then yeah and it was tragic it was like a very very do you know how, do you know how long before he before his family got a settlement no i do not know that it was it was it was like much later it was though. much it was, much yeah, later, later right? yeah. yes yeah yep so yeah because it took excuse me it took years and years for, um, I mean, like after this, excuse me, um, like the the first of all for MK Ultra to stop, and then for MK Ultra's information to get leaked or get you know known to the public, yeah. and then from there to start legal proceedings with everything, and then from there yeah. to get settlements with people. So it was yeah, it was it was a long time afterward. <clears throat> yeah, not that a settlement will undo anything really, but I mean. I was just wondering for money wise, it had to be because seven hundred fifty thousand dollars still isn't that much money. For I mean, no amount of money will be enough to enough to, to, yeah. to, to replace. Obviously, Constant. obviously, it was his son who was looking into it, and like his son had to be much younger at the time, probably mm-hmm. you know a child who. Mm-hmm. 
lost his father for his entire life. Like he grew up without one. And then I mean, he gets a settlement later, but that's nothing compared to what he lost. But I was just wondering in terms of money, how that might've grown or not grown like the, the worth of it over time. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, no, but it was much, but it was much later. It was much later anyway. So um, not relevant. Yeah. But uh, LSD was not the only drug that they used to experiment uh, with for MKUltra because as a reminder, MKUltra was not to drug people. That was not its goal. Its goal was to figure out mind control. Yeah. So, LSD was just one of the ways they tried to figure that yep. out. So, yeah. So uh, bringing it back to what Stephen, Kin- Stephen Kinzer said about it being a two-step process, remove the brain, program new behaviors. <laughs> LSD was only to achieve the first part, um, but that wasn't the only way that they tried to do it. So um, there were other drug experiments that were conducted, um, one of it, one of which uh, involved putting someone on an IV in each arm, and then one of them would be administering a barbiturate and the other an amphetamine, and the person would begin babbling incoherently, and it was sometimes possible to ask them questions and get like solid answers, but for the most part, it was like they would just render someone completely incoherent. What is a barbiturate? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know enough about drugs. It's a barbiturate. 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 Yes. Um, which, like, to be fair, I don't know what an amphetamine is either. But, like, you know now that, that like, there, it, yeah. are, there are some. So a barbiturate is a drug that acts as a central nervous system depressant. And then an amphetamine is... it is, the opposite of that? Uh, an amphetamine is a central nervous system stimulant marketed under the brand Literally, they, Epico, among others. They're yeah. like, here's the devil and here's God. Fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inside you. Inside of you. Yeah. Inside you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so that was one of them. But then they would also experiment with heroin, morphine, tamazepam, mescaline, psilocybin, which is just sheer shrooms, uh, scopolamine, alcohol, and sodium pentothal. I would like to volunteer for the alcohol tests. I'd like to be in that group. I Yeah, but I think they're like, you have to get blackout drunk. Because when you do that... Oh, no. When you do that, that's when you like you make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise do it. So you're completely inebriated and like unable to make decisions for yourself. So like I'm in a controlled room. What am I gonna do? You could kill people. That's what they want. Like you're supposed to be used as a weapon. Like anyway. So uh, <laughs> now I would like to introduce you to our enemy, Doctor Donald Ewan Cameron. I think it's pronounced Ewan. Whatever. Ewan Cameron. Cameron. He was a British psychiatrist, and he did experiments in Canada after being recruited by the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he had a very high professional reputation, which is so frustrating because of how evil he was. But he was like he served as the president of the American Psychiatric Association from 1952 to 1953. He served uh, as president of the Canadian Psychiatric Association from 58 to 59. The American Psychopathological Association from or in 1963. Uh, He served as the president of the Society of Biological Psychiatry in 1965 and as the president of the World Psychiatric Association from 1961 to 1966. I will say those are all positions I don't think an asshole should have. 
Yeah. So he was like, he was very known, but he was also notorious for administering um, electroconclusive therapy, which is just electroshock therapy, but it's not called that anymore, apparently. But just so you know, it's electroshock therapy. Um, he gave patients and prisoners experimental drugs and poisons, and he was notorious for his role in the history of the, the development of psychological and medical torture techniques. According to historian Alfred McCoy, he, quote, laid the scientific foundation for the CIA's two-stage psychological torture method, unquote. So now you're probably asking yourself, what is the CIA's two-psychological torture what that method. method is? Of course, this guy's just sitting developing. <laughs> like, Using his powers for evil. Yeah. Yeah. So step one is to create a state of disorientation. And then step two is to create a situation of, quote, self-inflicted discomfort in which the subject can alleviate their pain by submitting to it. So okay. disorient someone uh-huh. and then subject them to pain hurt them, and then and then tell them that the solution to not being hurt anymore is just by giving in. Just deciding to like be like, this is fine. Mm hmm. And yeah, telling them the battle. And that's, that is, that's a psychological torture method that literally was adopted by the CIA. But is it, I want to, I just, I just, I'm wondering if it is torture, if the person is like, oh yeah, you're right. Like I am fine. And then they're fine. Is that torture? Or is that like. You're fucking intentionally hurting someone. Yes, it's torture. No, I know that part. But then they're, they're getting. Like, if it, say, it works where, like, they submit to the pain and that makes it better for them, like, psychologically, they're not in pain anymore. That's not really... Yeah, it is. Well, I know. I know it's torture. But, like, say, like... Which is great because then they can use those people as weapons. They can well, use those people to like go in and get shot and be like, if you I'm not if you say this, to defend, it's fine sorry, that you just got shot. I'm and not trying to defend fine, him then, or the method. I'm just saying, like, if you're feeling, but they didn't know. Like that's that's the thing. All they're really doing is hurting someone well yeah but i think it's it's saw but then they're like <laughs> just just give into it just just it's fine it's fine what we i'm have saying is they're giving cage in hooks and we're gonna rip it apart but it's fine if you just if you just decide that it's okay then you'll be fine what I'm... it's torturous <laughs> no i understand i'm not saying it's not torture i'm not saying that it's it's a good thing okay what are you saying i will listen now <laughs> what i'm saying is there they're trying to like they're also they're hurting and then like helping them cope with it. It's like the they're giving them the anti torture with the torture. But it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm saying if it worked, that's how I started it. it. Was saying if it worked, like cool. Then it would be like it would be like <laughs> okay. I'm no hold on. I'm, no. Can I just? It would be like testing the lethal dose of sarin. So we knew hey. that 20 drops didn't work. What about 30 drops? So it's like, okay, so we know that like, you know, I don't know how many volts is like painful for electroshock therapy, but like, let's say we know that 20 volts doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Let's try 120 volts. Like that I think is what the next step of, of your proposed 
thing would be. So if you're like 20 volts, it hurts, but then you say submit to it and you'll be fine and it works, then they're, that's not where they stop. They continue to go until it's excruciating and the psychological submitting to it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So like either way, it's not like, I don't think you, I mean, I don't think you just address anything. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get into this. It was just laughable. To Do you me. understand what I'm saying though? No, I think we're talking about two different things. No. Completely. Okay. So what you were saying was what if it like, what if it's, <laughs> it works? Like they hurt someone and then this, their method of solving it yeah. works. Yeah. Let's say that's our 20 volt bucket. So they administer 20 volts to somebody. It hurts. And then they're like, but submit to it. And then they're fine. Uh-huh. They're like, that's great. That's cool. We know that 20 volts, this can work or whatever. But then yeah. I don't think that's where they'd stop. I think that they would continue to increase their, like, to make it so that this, they were like just telling people that they were fine. Yeah, probably. Even though that they were really hurting people, you know? Yeah. So that was my, that was my only point about it. <laughs> yeah. I was never saying they weren't hurting people though. That was, that was not where I was going. <laughs> They're definitely hurting people. I mean, yeah. Either, it's definitely a shitty thing to do. It's torture. No, I know it's torture. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. Let me get you all fired up about this. I am fired up. I, sadistic motherfucker. I'm not torturing people. Sounds like you're getting ideas. I have no ideas how to torture people. Other than to bring up something that gets you all fired up and then I get yelled at for a bit. That's torture for me. That's self-inflicted torture for sure. There you go. There, there it is. Oop, let's there move, it is. Let's, let's move on. Who's this guy? So this is our buddy, Dr. Cameron. He's not our buddy. Yeah, this is our enemy, which is what I <laughs> intentionally said at the beginning. You, so, you just called him our buddy. So um, that's that's his. That's basically his. That's his dumb biography. Dumb is, face. That's as much as I wanted to give you as his backstory. So now we'll dive into what he actually did. Oh, that was his in project. Yeah, MK Ultra. Though this is this is his specific involvement in it. That wasn't part of MK, MK Ultra. I mean, it was part of his experimentation, which led to like in MK Ultra, Jeez. which led to this. But okay, no, not directly. So in 1957, Doctor Ewan Ewan Ewan. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce. It. I think it's how do you Ewan. spell it. E W A N, like Ewan McGregor. You just said it. Ewan or Ewan. Oh. I think it's Ewan. Ewan. Ewan? Ewan. Ewan. I think it's Ewan. 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 Do I? Do we? Do any of us? <laughs> Nobody wins. Um, now that... But I feel like if I put McGregor at the end of it, I just say it without thinking about it. So say it. Ewan McGregor. You do say Ewan. It's, you said like Ewan, yeah. Ewan. But I was saying it one or the other. Yeah, I think it's Ewan. We're spending a lot of time on this. Yeah, it's very unimportant, yeah. especially on this stupid fucking motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, fuck this guy. So, in 1957, Dr. Cameron began his experiments to achieve mind control, and he said that the experiment was just for normal therapies. So, he was using, like, he was going to experiment on people, but putting it under the guise of just like, I'm just treating for like their normal ailments and like mm-hmm. that's 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 all i'm trying to do is is just help people yeah but he was experimenting on them and trying to achieve mind control he had a three-part technique so uh the first was intended to wipe out the past patterns of behavior 
um, which is basically like the scoop in the mind out part. Um, he achieved this through, this is so fucked up. Like this is, this is the part of the research that really sent me spiraling. So just bear with me while I get through these three steps. So um, for the first step, um, it was achieved through excessive, intense electroshock therapy until the patients couldn't convulse anymore. So until shocks were administered and the patient wouldn't physically react. I would like to know what level of sh- like. Uh, I wouldn't. Not not. I don't want to <laughs> personally know. Like, when do I stop shaking? I don't want that. I want. I want. <laughs> no, just give me a number. I don't want to see it. I don't want to experience it. I don't want someone else to experience it. Obviously somebody already has, but like, if you think about electrocution, like it, it does that. <laughs> I didn't think there was a level where it would stop. Where your body would just not react. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds so horrible. Yeah. So it's basically melting the brain. So yeah, again, <laughs> intended to wipe out past patterns of behavior. So that's step one. <laughs> step two was to program in New behavior. This is the part that super fucked me up. Okay. He did this by playing tape-recorded messages through helmets that were locked to the patient's head. And he would force them to listen to them on repeat for weeks. How do you lock a helmet onto someone's head? I guess it's not even important. I'm missing I'm missing the point. But it would be like like the the photo that I saw was like football helmets, like just just putting football helmets and then they would have like just like speakers in there and then and you didn't include that photo for me to look at <laughs> no. sounds like a photo i want to see yeah just because i that's where I my head it went in a video though that's it wasn't like a photo went, was like... photo it was it was one of the videos that i watched it was like one of the things that flashed but i could probably try and find it and we can put it here if i find it and if not we're just it's just a section of me staring at you in shame i am shameful and if not, there's a picture of a helmet here. Yeah. So anyway. Let's go on. So yeah. So recorded messages on a loop for weeks. So after we've completely wiped your brain. Shocked it out of you. Yes. We are now formulating new behaviors mm-hmm. by playing repeated messages over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Not like no breaks, not going to the bathroom, not sleeping, not eating. Every single second you're listening to something that has been repeated over and over again for weeks at a time. Okay. The third was to remove all recollection of what had happened. So that was the like amnesia part. The the like we don't want them to remember what they've done. For the last like whatever amount of weeks. Right. So um, to do this, they would put people to sleep for 30 to 40 days. And meanwhile, they would drug them with various cocktails of drugs. While they're asleep? I think that's also how they induced sleep. But yeah. They're just really just throwing pickles at a window and seeing if it sticks. Is that a saying? I don't know. It is now. (laughs) I don't know. Coined it. <laughs> I just pictured being at a, a fast food restaurant and I don't like pickles. So I always took the pickles off my bird and throwing them at a window. Have you done that before? I don't know. That's what Probably. So that's clean there. Yeah, uh, it's probably a. I was, I was a stupid little child. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're, what I'm saying is they're just. They're just Throwing shit at a wall and seeing if it sticks. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, I feel like all of these things, like if I, like, if, if me and my most sadistic or even most logical brain was like, how would I feasibly achieve this? Let's say that I wanted to take Dahmer and just use him as like a, like a, like an experiment puppet or whatever the fuck, you know, like torture someone who deserves it. This probably makes sense for how I would achieve doing the three things that we want to achieve. Like that, that it's well, doing it. Uh, but I, I want to know like, what's the, the background to that? Cause like in what research does it show that if you administer a bunch of different drugs to someone while they're asleep would that wipe their mem like, that just seems like they're just like, let's see if this works. Well, it's like, I feel like it's it's the same thing as like being blackout drunk. Like you're not going to remember. So if we can drug you enough for you to not remember, like, I feel like that makes sense. But, but they're not, they're not giving them drugs, making them do something and then continuing to give them drugs. They're, they're, they're doing the thing in between. And then while they're asleep to forget, they're giving them drugs, which is like, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same logic, but like. Usually you don't remember black when you're blackout drunk because you're blackout drunk at the time. Not like I wouldn't forget something I did before I got blackout drunk. Right. So it's like that's why I'm like they're just yeah they're just like let's see. But this, I mean like you works. also haven't tried to like deliberately poison your brain either, so you don't know what it's it would fair. be like to like really do that much damage. And like you know we can even use the example of like people who are addicted to drugs that are like run of the mill drugs and not just cocktails of random shit put into a bloodstream. Like you do lose time, you do lose memory, you do shit that you don't yeah. want to do because you ha your inhibitions are you know lowered. That's the right word, but whatever you know. It just seems like administering it after the fact is such a like shot in the dark. But it's basically like they're wiping their memory completely, which also well, that's like, what they're trying to do. So let's say that that worked though. Let's say completely yeah. wiped their memory. Wouldn't that remove the behavior programming? That's what I'm saying. Like I, think, I don't think anything. None of this sounds calculated. It sounds like also it's not. It's random as fuck. <laughs> they don't what give I'm a saying. fuck. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they're throwing pickles out of window. <laughs> Sure. So, yeah. So, um, but as a, again, this is like something I cannot stress enough. He did these experiments on patients who came in for minor problems, like patients who came in for like an anxiety attack. He'd be like, oh, yeah, God. let me like, let me let me treat you. I can I can definitely help you. And then he would electroshock them. He would until their body stopped shaking. And yeah. Then... Yeah. And I'm guaranteed like to their families, they would be like, you know, we thought this was a run of the mill, like anxiety attack, but we found out that it was actually like heart palpitations and we need to keep them in for like whatever it was. Like, I'm sure that he had some yeah. wonderful way of being that he's clearly a fucking sociopath. So. Yeah. yeah. This guy sucks. Yeah. So um, many people suffered permanent side effects, which included incontinence, amnesia, forgetting how to talk, forgetting their parents and thinking that their interrogators were their parents. So afterward, when they were like, Jesus. when they woke up and stuff. Yeah. Right. Which is a very specific thing that I'm super confused about. But uh, that is all I have for Dr. Cameron. So I think that this is a good time for us to take a quick break. Yeah, that guy sucks. Take take a deep breath. Right. Yeah. Everybody take a deep breath um, collectively. Um, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Okay. So after all of that, the absolute horrors that were Dr. Cameron, 
Yes. Bring us back down to earth a little bit and let's talk about MKUltra as a whole. Okay. There were more than 150 funded research subprojects sponsored by MKUltra and related CIA programs. So MKUltra wasn't just like a one-stop shop. It was like they, in multiple different places in the country, were doing multiple different things, trying to achieve multiple different goals. And there were a total of 150 of them. Yeah. And they were funded. It wasn't an isolated project. It was a project uh, umbrella mm-hmm. over a lot of exactly. different... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's like, to my understanding, that during the Cold War... We were just trying to like win, you know, we weren't, we didn't give a fuck about what horrors we were and atrocities we were committing. We were just like, let's, let's develop shit to get us to win. So it was, it was the same reason why like we let Nazis in and everything, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, They haven't left. Our good old pal, Alfred McCoy, the historian who is quoted above, said um, that he believes that the CIA focused on the more ridiculous programs in the media to defer from the program's true purpose, which was mind control. So they like, you know, said that like they were doing unimportant small things in the media for the most part. And then they were actually doing this like super top secret, ridiculous, super horribly achieved thing. Yeah. Gottlieb himself, so Sidney Gottlieb, the doctor that started this, retired in 1972, and he claimed that his entire involvement in the project was useless, which is just so frustrating. Like, he was just, it was him. It was him. Yeah. Was he trying to, like, distance himself from it being, or, like, making himself feel better about it? Like, not being... No, I, th- I think it was just like, I give up. Like, I didn't do anything for this project and I'm going to leave it. And he did. He retired. Did he really do nothing for it then? I mean, he did all the LSD projects and stuff like that. But it's like that MK Ultra didn't have any really successful outcomes. Well, yeah, but I, so, that's what yeah. I was saying. Like, is, is that him trying to leave himself saying he had like he Maybe. didn't do any damage? Oh, no. Type of no. thing? He was just saying that I don't think he was trying to vindicate himself at all i think he was just like you know i i sought to achieve a goal and i just like couldn't fucking do it so like i'm out yeah i think that's what it was um because he like later speaks in interviews about mk ultra so i don't think that he was like i didn't do anything there got it um in 1973 as i was saying before there were very little records so 1973 most of the records for mk ultra were destroyed by order of cia director richard helms um I mentioned Watergate a couple times in this because there was just a huge government-wide panic for Watergate. So that's why a lot of this stuff was like removed and stuff. They were like super scared of just being outed for literally anything and being, you know, scrutinized. Yeah. So around uh, 20,000 documents survived, though, because they were improperly filed. They They were filed in financial records instead of like in like. I don't know, MKUltra records. Uh-huh. Um, so they were salvaged. Um, and they detailed the financing of MKUltra projects and a few project details, but not much. So it was like, that. that's kind of yeah. what we got. In 1974, um, this is around, this is basically what outed what MKUltra was. A New York Times journalist named Seymour Hirsch published an article claiming that the CIA had conducted non-consensual experiments on U.S. citizens and illegal spying operations. So this was like he like wrote an article that went hugely public and people started figuring out about MKUltra and these experiments. What that was were being his conducted. source? 
That's a good question. I don't know. Um, because he's a journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he had a source, but like, yeah, I want to know like what what tipped him off to the things going on to yeah. bring it to the media. Yeah. If if I mean, he could have just got wind of the. Well, I don't know how like how he would have been. Yeah, none of it was like public, so especially the even the documents that were salvaged, <laughs> like how would he have learned about those? Yeah. I don't know. He had a source, but I was just wondering. Yeah. You yeah. that in the no. notes. Sorry, buddy. Um, but this sparked the fire, bringing the details about MKUltra to light, light to the public. So in 1975, President Ford set up a commission to investigate illegal activities of the CIA, including but not limited to MKUltra, which that was kind of interesting for me to realize that, like, the government doesn't really know what the CIA does. And they're just kind of like they get to because it's so secretive and everything. Hmm. They just like do what they need to do. So, yeah, it was it necessitated a commission to investigate the illegal activities of the CIA. Um, It also so it was led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller and it began to be referred to as the Rockefeller Commission. So that was the initiative to to look into what the CIA was doing. Yeah. I wonder if it's just, it's just a lack of, I don't think it's, I think it's a lack of regulation, probably. Like, not, not just like they don't know what's going on. They're just like trusting them to do right without holding them accountable. Then, like, something came to light. They're like, wait, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. That type of, like, I think there was just like probably a lack of, yeah. Because, because there. ultimately the government would still be responsible for the actions of the CIA. Of, of so, course. Yeah. yeah. So I think they just like sort of blindly trusted them. Yeah. And then realized that probably wasn't the the best route. To yeah. Go. And and yeah, they they had to start cracking down on it, you know. Yeah. So at least publicly. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, we kind of get into that and like how hairy and gross the government is, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So uh in addition to the Rockefeller Commission, the there was the start of the Congressional Church Committee, which was led by Idaho Democratic Senator Frank Church, which um, it was a larger investigation into the abuses of the CIA, FBI, and other U.S. intelligence agencies. So they wanted the truth. They wanted to uncover all of this heinous activity that was done under the U.S. government, but yeah. not necessarily with their knowledge. Yeah. Uh, both committees reported to re- uh, wow. Both committees' reports revealed that the CIA and the Department of Defense had conducted illegal experiments on humans, both consensually and not, to find out how to control human behavior. Um, the details included the use of psychoactive drugs and other methods used. So, really, it was just outing them for what they did. Yeah. Pr- pretty sign sealed, delivered. Very clean cut. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely uncovering the horrors that were committed by the government. They popped up in the pickle jar. All the pickles they were throwing at the windows. I I get it. <laughs> Sergio gets it. Um <laughs> the government sought to avoid legal liability. Uh-huh. So that that was what I was going to get to. So Ultimately, the government would have been held responsible, but they did their work to, like, clean up as much as they could. Yeah. And damage control. 
but they were still held responsible. So several of the um, test subjects opened lawsuits against the government and, you know, wanted compensation. And in many cases, the people were dead and it was their survivors that were opening lawsuits against the government. So like, um, uh, what's his name? Alan, something Alan, his son, Frank Olson. Olson. Yes. That's what I said. Yeah. That's why I said that. I said that. Um, so several plaintiffs, so the subjects and their survivors, received compensation through court order, um, out of court settlement or acts of Congress. And that included the Frank Olson case. Uh, Sidney Gottlieb, like I said, he was retired in 1972, but he was interviewed um, later on. So like after all of this had really come out, uh, but he claimed to have little recollection of the activities of MKUltra. Maybe because he was fucking... On LSD the whole time. Yeah, that checks out. And see, I told you it makes you forget stuff. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, But yeah. Um, In 1976, President Gerald Ford issued uh, the Executive Order on Intelligence Activities. You might be asking what the hell that is. I was about to. I was just (laughs) thinking it and it was about to hit my lips and then you said it. Uh, This... Uh, executive order prohibited, quote, experimentation with drugs on human subjects, except with the informed consent in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party of each such human subject. <laughs> Among just, other things. I just like the, the, the term disinterested party. Like, I know. like someone just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking experiment on him all you want. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be the disinterested party and and so like I would just like to be like on call. It's like there are notaries and then there are witnesses. Yes. And I would love to be, be the in the witness, disinterested the witness category, like on call. Like we need someone who's not interested in any of this. I'm like, I don't even care what it is. I'm in. <laughs> I would love to be that. Like if that's a job. Oh, call me up. <laughs> Uh, Presidents Carter and Reagan expanded the directive to apply to any human experimentation. So instead of saying that it could be consensual and you could experiment on humans, they were like, no, we're not fucking experimenting on humans, which I didn't know was a thing. Like, I I guess it makes sense, but I thought that maybe you could just test on humans because like they do like hair products. Like clinical trials that might be like a loop around it, but like... You probably, I don't think you could consent to the extent, like, there's probably a lot of regulation on that now. Like, you can't be like, yeah, we have this new psychoactive drug. Like, who wants to try it? Yeah. No. Like, I don't think you could do that. If it's- also, I mean, yeah, but, the, but in that view, could also argue that doing, like, clinical trials of LSD nowadays, because people do know the health properties of LSD. Could be, yeah. Technically, an actual clinical trial to to, but it had That's to be fair. voluntarily. That's fair. Which is different than MK Ultra, but still, like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, in 1977, there was a hearing held by the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, uh, which took a more thorough look into MKUltra and revealed that the CIA still had those 20,000 pages of documentation. So it wasn't outed that they had anything yet. And that's why I'm curious where that person got their source. Yeah. Very interesting. Maybe it was Gottlieb, but... Yeah, maybe maybe he had like a conscience, and he went to like that New York yeah. Times, and he like did it, and then afterward was like, I have no idea what happened there. Mm. 
we're just starting conspiracies. This what is all conjecture. Please do not quote me. He's a snitch and we know it. Uh, in 1970, nope, that's not it. So are we. Um, so during that hearing held by the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, on the Senate floor, Senator Ted Kennedy detailed the pervasive nature of MK Ultra and stated that, quote, over 30 universities were involved in the program. Damn. But that comes with a caveat that many universities backed a lot of the like functions of the CIA in this like secret operation, but they didn't many, 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 many universities had no idea what was actually going on. Yeah. They were just that like, we're just hoping and like, we're, you know, we're happy to help yeah. the government. They didn't know. There was a blanket statement like, hey, we're experimenting on, like, we're trying to figure out this. We're, but honestly, but like, been, e- like, we're doing the clinical trials. Like, that's, yeah, you know. exactly. And they yeah. were like, of course, we'll fund like for the betterment of humanity and and peace. to win the Cold War. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, it took much longer for these experimental government activities to become public in Canada, though. So remember, our good friend, Dr. Our good enemy, Dr. Cameron. <laughs> you seem a little too friendly with this, with this guy. Um, he was doing experiments in Canada. So he was recruited by the CIA, but he wasn't doing any experiments here. He was doing them in Canada. Um, so in 1984, which keep in mind, this stuff came out in 74, to the American public. And, 10 years later? Yeah. 10 years later in 84, um, on a CBS news show called The Fifth Estate, it was revealed that the CIA funded Dr. Cameron's efforts and that the Canadian government knew about it and later provided $500,000 in funding for the experiments. They knew. Like, they knew what was happening. Whereas, like, I'm sure the American government probably knew for the most part. I mean, were yeah, like there was, there we're not, it, but it's not like, oh, they knew and they still funded it. It's like, no, yeah, we, we're, we're just enough people high enough up new to get it funded. Yeah. hundred like, percent. There's no shift of blame there. Right. It's, it's a hundred percent. We also knew. Right. Not as a public, but like right. the government knew what we, were, we was doing. So, but so did Canada. So yeah. they're not as good as they seem. Um, I only went there once. I got a headache. Never been there. Uh, so this disclosure of information that the Canadian government knew about this, funded it, and that this super sadistic fuck was doing experiments in Canada <laughs> derailed efforts of victims to sue the CIA. So this it was like a whole new sweeping like thing that kind of diluted their efforts to do that. <laughs> um but ultimately, the Canadian government eventually settled out of court for $100,000 for each of the 127 victims of Dr. Cameron. It's a lot of quiche. Yeah. But, I mean, again, what what is that yeah. compensation for people that have died? What is that compensation for people who are left completely, you know, unable to be a human ever again? Yeah. So... Not much. Yeah. Um, super horrible projects. Uh, I do have a little tidbit here. Um, Ken Casey, the author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, was a volunteer subject for MK Ultra while he was a college student at Stanford. Oh. So he like did the LSD projects and then he went cool. on to promote LSD a lot and he ended up having these things called acid parties where he would just have a bunch of people over and they would trip together. It's exactly oh, what I imagine an acid party would be. They were called acid tests. Excuse me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, acid party. That's very aptly named. <laughs> but I wonder what's going on there. Yeah. 
There were parties called acid tests, which there were parties same thing, same fucking thing. Um, this helped fuel hippie culture. So the like MK Ultra had a it was a big stepping stone for for putting like psychedelic drugs in the public in, eye. Yeah, I think that's a whole another episode. If there's an yeah, if there. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Actually, I have no idea what I was about to say. But there were a few other notable people who were involved in this or claimed to have been involved in the LSD experiments with mm-hmm. MKUltra. Um, it included Robert Hunter, uh, which was the Grateful Dead lyricist, Ted Kaczynski, or the Unabomber, mm-hmm. and the notorious Boston mobster James Joseph Whitney Bulger. They were all involved in the LSD experiments around Kaltra reported. So, so they say, or someone else has said, mm-hmm. it's been reported mm-hmm. by them or mm-hmm. other parties. Exactly. I would I would like to know if those are Actors. substantial claims. Yeah. Because um, those are uh, you know notorious people. Not all of them. I mean, a couple of them. Yeah, Ken Casey and Robert Hunter were just like artists. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> I guess if you can call it art what is art I mean like what even is art um, um yeah cool yep um the and my my closing statement for this episode is that the CIA insists that the project and its experiments have been completely terminated but some believe that they continue today under a different name who's to say Who's to say? Dun, 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 dun. As promised, uh, I promised to put my sources here <laughs> because oh, yeah. I did not say them in the beginning. <laughs> is it mkoldro.com? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Wikipedia, Kelsipri's, and YouTube videos, National Geographic, CIA, Mind Control, whatever the, the stick straight thing is. Pipe, you know, the pipe thing. CIA secret <laughs> experiments. <laughs> and BuzzFeed Unsolved Network, the haunting history of CIA brainwashing experiments, colon, MKUltra. Got it. Uh, dictionary.com, history.com, and opendemocracy.net. Those were all my sources. Sweet. Yeah. Um... This just makes me want to try LSD. Why? I don't know. I don't want to do LSD. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Any yeah. Sh- me shrooms though. No, I'm good. I'm pat. Go for it. I I can't. Mm-mm. I know. I'm like, like I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things. I just have a. I'm sorry about that. There's a little bit of technical difficulty in the in the middle of there. Um. We recorded all our socials, our sign off, everything, and then that's no, that's the thing. We did not record those. Well, we, I mean, we recorded on video at least, um, but there was a a shutting of the the laptop, which is re- <laughs> which is recording our audio. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna redo that and um, give your disclaimer, Junie, again, please, for the audience, as always. If I left out anything that's super important to this topic or I said something that was glaringly wrong or 
or I'm wrong at all, please feel free to email us at hello at mntpodcast.com. You can also visit our website at mntpodcast.com and then the emails in our contact section. It is there. And um, to follow us on social media, you can just follow, what is there? Misfits and Tidbits on Twitter and Instagram. Um, That's an N in the middle, Misfits and Tidbits, not and. Um, and then if you're listening to us on Spotify, uh, you can also find us on YouTube to see all the images we talk about throughout the podcast, um, or just go to our Instagram. Cause I think we'll be posting them there. Um, so I think that's, that's all we have. I think that's, is that everything? And then vice versa, Spotify to YouTube. Yeah. If, if you're I mean, listening YouTube to Spotify, if you're whatever. watching us on YouTube and you want to, you know, um, listen to us without watching uh, in any instance, we don't blame you where you would do that. Yeah. If you don't want to look at us, that kind of makes it better. Um, you can go to Spotify, listen to us there. Well, we'll see you next week and we'll see you next week with hopefully less, um, technical difficulties, fewer and fewer grammatical errors. (laughs) Goodbye. New episodes of Misfits and Tidbits every Monday. Me.